Have you ever wondered what questions to ask your financial advisor or why those questions are crucial? In today's episode, we'll tackle exactly that. We're discussing the vital questions that bring transparency and depth to your financial advisory relationship here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. It's questions you must ask your financial advisor this week here on the show. We are just after, uh, just after, just after uh, Christmas and right before the New Year. So the New Year's upon us. So we thought it'd be a good time for Mike and I to talk about this a little bit in case you are uh, thinking about shopping for a new relationship with a new financial advisor in the coming year. Or maybe it's just some questions you want to talk to your current advisor about that maybe you don't feel that are being addressed. So we're going to tackle that this week here on the podcast. And as always, we appreciate your time and hope that you had a lovely Christmas. Mike, how about you, buddy? What's going on? Well, everything's going great, wrapping up the year and looking forward to 2024. Yeah. Did you have a good holiday? Uh, we did. Yeah. Just spent it with locally with the kids and the family and the in-laws and that. So, uh, okay. you know, uh, kind of dialed things back a little bit, but ready to kind of kick off the New Year in style. Yeah, it's right around the corner here. So not low key and chill is good. Nothing wrong with that. So let's tackle some of these things, Mike, and see if we can help some folks out, especially again, if they are thinking about shopping around. Uh, you know, so for folks that listen to our podcast, many of them are already clients of yours, uh, but they may have, you know, friends or somebody else who is in a cinema, in a situation where they're thinking about looking around for stuff. So this could be some good questions for them to ponder. Uh, so let's just start with uh, right off the bat, which I think is a totally fair question, but sometimes people get a little weird about it. Um, and it's funny, like it's in different industries, you have different people responding different ways. But the question is, how do you get paid? And it seems like when I talk to advisors all across the country, sometimes people are very blunt about asking that question. And other times they're very um, kind of reserved, right? They're like, I'm not sure how to ask that, but it's okay to ask it. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not not at all. And I, th- I think it's really important for you on the other end of it as a potential client to understand what's the motivation. How does your advisor get paid? Right. And so it, it's there's a variety of different compensation models on there. There's fee only, you know, so it, an advisory based fee. Uh, there is commission based, which means only when they sell you something do they get paid. There's hybrid, which is a combination of those two. And, you know, the sad thing about the industry is that most clients don't understand which side of the table the advisor's on. Are they on the fee side and the, uh, the commission based side? So how the advisor gets paid and, and with all these questions that we're going to cover, the key isn't really even the answer. It's just understanding why the answer is and are you okay with that? So on the how you get paid side of it, the, you know, so, you know, we are fee-based investment advisors. So we're clients on the securities end that work with us and they want to say, you know, you know, well, how do you get paid? And if it's a prospective client, I'm like, I, I love telling you how I get paid, right? Because you're going to show value as to, you know, what they get for their money, so to speak. But on our side, on the securities end, it's primarily just an advisory-based fee. For some clients, we'll work on an engagement basis, which means that, oh, they they don't need an advisor. They just need like, you know, a a really critical tax plan or state plan or something. So for that, might have a flat fee or something associated with it. But I'd say about 90% of our relationships are going to be on the fee only side. 
which is where they get an advisory thing. Now, there's nothing wrong with advisors or brokers or insurance agents or something that get paid a commission. Just understand how does that impact how you get paid as the client? Meaning, is that coming out of your returns? Uh, are they selling you something that pays them more? So that means you're going to get less of a return. It's just something you want to know in advance. Yeah, definitely. And there's nothing wrong with it because there's different models, as you said. So just find out so that you're working with the person who's, you know, uh, going the right direction that you want to be going to in their fee structure. Uh, and with that said, you might also be asking the question, well, what does your typical client look like, right? And and then that sounds like a weird question to ask somebody, but we're really talking about um, do you have specifics or are there things that you focus on? And we'll get to kind of more of that in a second, but maybe they only work with retirees, right? And maybe you're still a pre-retiree or uh, maybe you're still, maybe you're in your thirties and they're just, that's not something that they're really going to be able to help you with, right? So there's nothing wrong with asking that question. No, not, not at all, because essentially you would like the advisor, especially, you know, for a lot of clients that listen to this, they are approaching retirement and retirement. Ideally, you would like somebody who works with people like you. Right. So who have the same goals, same concerns, comparable net worth, those kind of things. So why? Because maybe that's what they're a specialist in. Uh, the industry, you know, kind of the big Wall Street firms, it's if you're 20, they'll take you. If you're 50, they'll take you. If you're 70, they'll take you. And the sad thing is from, you know, having done this for over two decades is that when I you come in and see me and I look at your portfolio, they're almost identical. Well, there's no reason why a 30-year-old and a 60-year-old should have the exact same portfolio. But unfortunately, in the industry, that's the way it is. Why? Because for them, a client's a client. You know, they're not really taking into account age, net worth, all these kind of things in most sides. So for our client at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, usually within about three years of retirement or you're already retired. Uh, overall net worth exceeds uh, a million. Now we have some clients that have $12 million. We have some clients that have 500,000. But if you're saying, what's the aggregate? It's somebody with a net worth in excess of a million dollars. They're conservative, right? They understand that once a paycheck stopped, that this is all they have left. So they want to protect it. And they want to make sure it creates a rising income that lasts as long as they do. You know, and if legacy is important, yeah. then they want to make sure we're addressing that as well. So that, so, you know, why we have that dialed in is because we know exactly who we are for, but we also know who we're not for. And that's just as important as well, because it is a two-way street. You know, when you're shopping for a new advisor, folks, uh, it's obviously you want to find someone that works well for you, but you, you know, they, they want you to be a good client for them too, so that they can do the very best job that they can do. Because if you're not on those same pages, and that's going to lead into this question here, what about investment philosophy? If you guys aren't somewhat aligned, then maybe that relationship doesn't to be proved to be as fruitful as it could be. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Especially in investment philosophy. So when when we have, we usually typically start off with like 15 minute phone call, answer questions for anyone, you know, specific to whatever topic they wanted to uh, discuss, not what we choose to, it's what they want to talk about. And if it makes sense to pull them in for a face-to-face meeting in the conference room or a Zoom, we call that a fit meeting. And the purpose of it is, are we a fit for you? And are you a fit for us? Because it has to be a, a mutual relationship. It's not a transaction that we're trying to, nobody's trying to sell anybody anything. It's, is this the kind of advisory relationship that you want? And part of that is on investment philosophy. We are strong believers in cash flow from your investments. And what that means is that, you know, yes, it's not that we don't have the FANG stocks and, you know, that you don't, you don't have the Amazons and the Apples and those kind of things of the world in your portfolio. It just means that if you are in retirement, you need a certain level of income. Let's make sure that portfolio is going to deliver that income in good markets and bad. And that just means that now we don't have to be concerned about, is it an up year or a down year? What's Jerome Powell doing with interest rates? All we want to do is say, hey, if we need $50,000 a year of supplemental income on our portfolio, 
I can show you on your statement exactly where that's coming from because it's going to be coming in the form of interest and dividends. Even if it's dividends from a growth stock, that's fine. At least we can count on the cash flow. Now, for some clients that, you know, their portfolios are more of a scoreboard for them where they're like, I just want to, you know, try to beat the market every year. Well, guess what? Going back to that last question, we're mm -hmm. probably not a good fit for you. Mm. But for somebody who says, you know what? I want to be conservative. Yeah, I want this money to grow over time. I need an income stream off of that. That's our investment philosophy. Do you align with that investment philosophy? If so, it's going to be a great relationship. If not, then we may not be right for you. Yeah, that's a great way of breaking that down for sure, Mike. And I kind of, maybe this kind of leads into this, but I think this is more of a subset in my opinion anyway. So uh, do you have a particular strength or specialty? And I know sometimes, you know, in the, in the financial services world, you know, they've kind of frown on certain words and things of that nature. But in this regard, like you guys, Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, tax is right there in the name, right? There, You may be looking at an advisor who really doesn't do anything with taxes at all. Their every, every response is talk to your CPA, you know, or something like that. So you have to ask yourself, does... Does that factor into what you're looking for? For a lot of our clients, once again, since they are, you know, so I'll address it as, as it relates to us, but it's a great question. Do you have a particular strength or specialty? And not lip service of, yes, we pick the best mutual funds or yes, we're <laughs> right. great stock pickers. I right. mean, you know, that, that's, you know, table stakes at, the, at this point, I guess. But the, the strength or specialty, so at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, when I founded the firm 15 years ago, so I've been a fiduciary financial advisor for 23, but 15 years ago when I founded the firm and I came from a private client banking background mm -hmm. was that we were going to work with a legal team in-house, an independent legal team that does our clients' estate planning uh, all under this roof. We have a CPA and enrolled agent on staff and a full tax team. That, so we can not only do tax preparation for our clients as needed, but also proactive tax planning about saving them taxes over their lifetime. And we do the financial planning and the healthcare planning, assisting them with Medicare and long-term care and the investment management. So now one hand knows what the other one is. So when we say about us having a specialty, our specialty is we do real financial planning. We don't just do investment planning and call it a financial plan. You know, where we just talk about your portfolio, we're aligning the tax, the estate, the healthcare, the income, and the investments all in one coordinated plan. That's true financial planning. So in a lot of clients, as they're approaching retirement, they got all these questions and a lot of them aren't about the portfolio. It's about these other aspects right. of life. When do you yeah. take social security? What's my tax plan? Should I do Roth conversions? That's who you need to work with as you get a little bit later in life where you really want a coordinated holistic plan so it can address all these things, not just the money. Yeah, because the accumulation side is completely different. We talked about that a million times on here. And you can there's so many people that can call themselves financial advisors in the in the space nowadays that finding the right one that you're looking for with all these other pieces, uh, that really starts to shift after you get a certain to a certain age, right? And you start looking for more components. So I think that's a totally it's a great question and it's a really fair question to ask. Uh, and when you're looking for your answers and you're shopping around. So let's talk a little bit about um, expectations. So it's nothing wrong with saying, okay, like how often are we going to chat? Like, is this a once a year thing? Is this an every quarter kind of thing? Um, is it, you know, in person, you know, Zoom nowadays? So setting those expectations can be very, very important. And I imagine they probably change over time, Mike, right? The longer you have somebody as a client, maybe the less you do need to see them. But again, set the expectations. 
Yeah, I think communication is critical, especially what should everyone's expectations be on the front end. Nobody really cares what that calendar is. They just want to know what that calendar is. So as an example, you know, once again, I just always reference these to us so that, you know, when you go talk to your advisor or you're interviewing another advisor, so um, you have an idea of what the expectation is. So how much contact do you have or how often should we meet, you know, in person or Zoom or any of those things? Really, it's going to come down to one, what's the advisor's process? And then the second part of it is how often do you want to meet? So on the advisor process, as an example uh, for Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, we say ideally in the first year of a new relationship, we want to meet at least on a quarterly basis. It's new statements, new investments. You know, we're, we're talking about the estate. We're talking about taxes. We're talking about all these other moving parts. So we're going to spend a lot of time together that first year and pretty much every quarter uh, for the first year, just getting that full plan put together to address all those areas that we've been talking about so far. Now, at the end of the first year, I'll say, how often would you like to meet? Now that we have the full plan in place, now that we know our tax strategy, our estate planning documents are done, our investments are all laid out. You know, So now that we've got the blueprint, how often would you like to meet? And for most clients, that's like twice a year and maybe tax season. You know, Not that we're not available all year round for conversations and questions and things, but let's get it on the calendar at least twice a year. Now, on the client side, some clients are you know, very simplistic in the sense that they say, you know what, once a year is fine for me. And if something comes up, is it okay if I reach out to you or is it okay, You know, can we at least have one or two meetings a year? Perfectly fine. So, but once again, on our side, that first year, because it's a new relationship and a lot of new moving parts, we try to do it on a quarterly basis and then typically about twice a year after the first year, but also with the flexibility to be available when the client needs us. Yep, for sure. And again, set those expectations and then you won't wind up feeling like, hey, I never hear from my guy or gal or whatever that looks like. Uh, so what about providing educational resources, additional things? I think most advisors do that now, but again, you can ask, like, what are the things that you do? Some do uh, lunch and learns and, and well, this podcast is another extension of that, you know, things like that. No, exactly. I think, you know, you can go to our website, you can download, you know, 20 different papers about all every kind of financial topic. We've got our radio shows on there, our podcasts on there. Uh, quarterly, we do social events with our clients, you know, some are fun, some are educational, uh, monthly, we're doing live workshops, we do webinars, you know, this podcast, as you alluded to, is a great example. And the reason by being an independent financial planning practice, what is beautiful about that is everything you get from us is from us, mm, right? It's yeah. from a content perspective. It's it's thought about, it's curated, it says it's applicable to you because we know you. Uh, where that's different than say like, you know, some of the bigger Wall Street firms, and I won't name any out there, they've got so many advisors, guess what? It's just canned content. Everybody's getting the exact same stuff. There's no thought about who's actually on the receiving end of that. It's just getting kicked out to the person in Indiana, the person in Arkansas, the person in California. So I think if you can customize the educational resources and availability and including the type of format that they get to digest it, it just kind of brings everybody into the fold. And, you know, I'm a huge believer in that the more education that a client can receive, you know, at a very high level, not too far in the weeds, but just just enough for them to make an educated decision that the better off they're going to be financially. Yeah. And I think a lot of us want to have that, right? Sometimes we feel a little inundated and we're like, okay, I can't, I can't learn anymore. I don't need to know this or whatever. But I think for the most part, people want that good um, overview of what's happening, what's going on, and some additional resources certainly open that up. Well, let's kind of combine these last two here together, Mike, and, and we'll finish off in this, and then we'll take an email question, as we usually do. Um, you know, it's kind of like around the emergency. Something comes up. Availability, um, you know, and the fact that you're 
there's like boutique firms, there's mid-sized firms, there's the big firms, right? So people go, well, am I going to be working with you or someone on your team? And if you're not available for an emergency situation, who do I talk to? That kind of thing. Yeah, no, this is, this is a great one too. And there is, because, you know, it, it can't just be the mic show, you know, in, in the sense that, you know, the only time something gets done, I can't be the bottleneck of the organization, you know, right. early on in the practice, you know, 15 years ago when we started, it was the mic show, right? Mike's washing the dishes, Mike's you know, doing, doing everything, all that stuff. But yeah, that's why we've built out a team. So if you have a tax question, you might be talking to our CPA or an enrolled agent on here. If you have a uh, estate planning question, you might be talking to somebody in the legal team. If you have an investment advisory question specific to your planning, now if you know if I'm your point person, if I'm your main advisor, because we've got three advisors in house here, uh, some specifically just to service our own existing clients. You know, their role is not to bring in additional business or new relationships. It's just to love on the clients and be available for the clients that we have. And the reason it's that way is so if clients have questions, they deserve answers. They deserve uh, accessibility, you know, either phone, Zoom or, or in person. Mm-hmm. So we've structured the the practice that it doesn't have to necessarily revolve around me specifically. Now, I'm always involved in the planning, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. Right. But the, but the reality is, you know, depending on we've got, you know, subject matter experts across the board, depending on what questions that you have. Yeah. And again, these are all questions to ask because what are you looking for? So not just to ask the advisor, but also to ask yourself, right? So if you're looking in this particular instance, if you're looking for a very small boutique firm like it used to be for Mike when it was just him doing everything, that's fine. But just remember that if you're, you know, if you're working with a solo person, you may also sometimes be waiting because they, they there's only so many hours in a day, right? That they can get to things or mid-sized, you know, as, as kind of Mike just described there, or like these big box firms where there's maybe 30 people in there, 30 advisors or something. So just ask yourself the same questions. What is it that we're looking for? And uh, and then the questions to ask our advisor so you can find the right fit for yourself. And of course, if you need some help, that's why Mike and his team are here. So reach out to him at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And uh, drop a line to the, to the show or to the team as well, and you can get those answered. And we like to take some of those and fashion them into questions here on the, uh, the podcast. So we'll finish up with Cal. And where did Cal send this in from? He was in Chicago. Uh, he says, my grandfather always told me the best investment you can ever make is dirt. So I spent 35 years buying land all around this state. And now I'm what they call land rich and cash poor. A, develop, a developer, excuse me, has made me a, uh, a great offer on some property for about $2 million bucks. So I feel like I need to sell this to him, but I don't want to just buy more land with it. I need to figure out something else to do with the money. So what you got, Mike? Yeah, Cal, this isn't unusual. I mean, congratulations. You, you've done the right things, right? It didn't matter whether it was going into stocks or land. Uh, you know, they weren't making any more of it. So that's that. Yeah, bought a real tangible asset. And now it seems like it's going to pay off. So taxes aside, you know, as far as capital gains and all those other kind of conversations, we can assist you with that as well. But Cal, I'll really go to the heart of uh, really your point at this point and probably this stage of your life as well. If you've been doing this for 35 years, right? You're probably in your 50s or your 60s is it comes down to, we see it not only with a lot of real estate investors, you know, individuals that bought rental properties, commercial properties, bought land or farmers, even, you know, in the area that we've had, or even just business owners. Think about, you know, the equivalent of the business owner's land is their business, right? Almost everything has been funneled into that business, the blood, sweat, tears, and a lot of their money. And a lot of their net worth is associated with that, just like yours, Cal, in in the land side of it. So the way that you look at it is, yeah, you don't necessarily, you know, pile it right back into it because that just kind of increases your risk a little bit. Um, I would say, and I think you'll you'll get this analogy in that is we like for clients to treat their portfolios almost like their rental property. 
I don't mean they go out and just buy land or buy an apartment building or so, although some do. What we mean is, are you getting cash flow off your investments? So Cal, if you've got that $2 million, right? So let's say it's yielding you 5 6%, you're getting about $100,000 or so plus of cash flow off of that without ever touching the $2 million. Does that do what you need it to do at this stage of your life? And why that's important is think about it. You know, I use this analogy with clients all the time on their portfolios, especially with how volatile the markets have been the last few years. So take that $2 million portfolio and pretend like it's a $2 million apartment complex, right? And it's paying you $100,000 a year in rental income. So you said, okay, if you go onto Zillow and you look up that, you look up that rental property and it says, oh my God, you know, the real estate's come down a little bit. It's worth a million eight, but it's still paying you $100,000 a year and you need that to pay your bills. Do you really care that it's a million eight? Mm. Probably not because you don't plan on selling it, right? You want the cash flow off of it. Now, let's say, you know, two months later, you go back in and real estate's rallied and now it's worth $2.2 million. Are you going to sell it? No, it's great that it's worth, you know, your your balance sheet's gone up a little bit or your net worth's gone up a little bit. But the really reality is you just want the $100,000 of cash flow. That's why you bought it. You need to think of your retirement portfolio. And this $2 million in this case, you know, depending on what percentage your net worth it is, Cal, is think of it that way as well. What's the purpose of the money? What do you need it to do? And if it's cash flow, great, get cash flow off of it. And the growth will take care of itself over time. That way you don't have to fixate on the short-term ups and downs, whether it's in the real estate market or even in your portfolio. So Cal, on your side, kudos to you for doing good things. As you said, you don't want to just go out and buy more land with it. You've got options. But I think what's more important than all the options in the world and the universe that are available for you is really saying, what's the purpose of this money today? as far as what you needed to do for you and your family going forward. So yeah. if you'd like assistance with that, we'd be happy to help you. Yeah, I was going to say, so if he's saying, and I'm just I'm just reading into this, I have no idea, but if he's saying he's cash poor and he sells this for just the $2 bucks, I mean, maybe that's just some basic things like shoring up his retirement funds. Um, you know, emergency funds or, you know, reinvesting part of it. So he generates an income, right? He may have done no saving for retirement. I have no idea. I'm just speculating, right? So, uh, but it gives him tons of options at this point versus just going back into to real estate. And it sounds like he may have more real estate for later on as well. So lots of good stuff. Oh, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah. And then, and those are all unknowns, but yeah, I, I think exactly the way that you were kind of going down those explanations is that, you know, there's all these other considerations that, that are out there on, mm-hmm. on what you do with it. And if, and as an example, it's not unfortunate whether you're a business owner or a real estate person that you've got all these assets, but you really don't have any liquidity, right. you know? So this, this may be an opportunity to kind of write the ship a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's in a dry, in, in a driver's seat though, for sure. And, and, and just based off just a little bit limited information in his email. So as always, of course, the team's going to reach out to you, Cal, but you know, folks, if you're in a similar situation or you just got a question where you're like, Hey, I've got this or I don't have this and how is that going to affect me? Well, that's what the Retirement Success Blueprint is all about. So have a conversation, get on the calendar, have a chat with Mike and his team. I know it's the end of the year, uh, but that doesn't mean you can't get something onto the calendar for the next year because it always fills up pretty quickly. So if you've got some questions, need some help, reach out to them at crystallaketax.com. They'll get you scheduled in a time that's convenient for you. Again, at crystallaketax.com or you can call them at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like using. Just type in Retirement Success Blueprint in the search box of whatever app you like to use, or just go to crystallaketax.com. Mike, my friend, thanks for hanging out with me this year, man. It's always fun talking with you. Always is. Have a happy new year to you as well. Yeah, you as well, my friend. And we will see you guys back here in January of 2024. Sounds weird already. Uh, Just around the corner for some new episodes of Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. 
Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Source. The Retirement Income Source and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities.